What up, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, the Sixers get swept finally after long months of discussing the Sixers. We are done with Abe telling us they will win the championship as they get swept. We talk how to fix that squad. Earl Thomas gets released from my Ravens. I debate over whether this is a big deal, a small deal, why the squad did it, and much more. We talked Pandemic P. We recorded this before the Luka shot, but shout out to Luka for that insane performance. Knicks get the eighth pick, and then we do some Monday mailbag that covers a little more on the Sixers. Earl Thomas, Montrez, pick for the World Series, and then finally, a Would You Rather. Would you rather have sticky skin or itchy skin for the rest of your life. Snapback fam, new app. Let's get it. Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. It's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles. A play. Oh, by James. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Bryant put the jumper. What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, is my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? First and foremost, happy birthday, late, great Kobe Bryant. We're recording Sunday, August 23rd. We'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge his birthday. And I was honestly like, I saw last night that it was going to be his birthday today. And I like looked at the date. I was like, mm. how cool, how cool would it have been if it was his birthday tomorrow? Yeah. You know what I mean? Kobe day is tomorrow. It, so shout out to Kobe for that. Other than that, what's on my mind? Um, the Sixers just got swept about a half hour ago and it's over. Um, there's a motley of problems from the top down. I mean, we'll get into it in the mailbag later, but I feel liberated. Um, I was texting my boys and I was like, I feel like I should be getting like a congratulations text. Like <laughs> you made it today. Like you're done. And I'm just like, I feel like these texts didn't come. And I mean, maybe you'll say congrats to me for being done, but I don't know. I was nervous at one point we were going to win that game. That was the little scary in the middle of the third quarter. Um, because the most Sixers thing to do to piss off their fans even more would be to win that game just so we have to watch another one. Right. Every, I was going to say, I don't think it would have sucked you back in. If you had won game three no. on Friday night, that would have been like cruel. Game no. four would have just been like, okay, I got to waste two more hours. Right, on, right, right, right. Exactly. That's the thing. So I was, we were texting out the other night because they, they in game three, we played a tight game with them. Yeah. And you were like, this is going to bring you back in, isn't it? And I said, I really don't think it'll bring me back in. If we would have made it 2-2, I would have been in trouble. But I I, watching watching game three and game four, I was I was talking to my friends. I was watching through the screen, like staring. <laughs> yeah. I was not I was not watching the game. I was looking through the game and just staring at a television or through a television because I felt like it's my duty. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I had to. I didn't. I didn't even. There was a playoff game, a Sixers playoff game today, and I didn't even. Like, I didn't make it to tip off. I turned it on halfway through the first, three quarters of the way through the first. That, that's not a thing. Yeah. And I just felt a duty to watch it, and I didn't want to. Actually, today, this was really funny. So, I'm watching the game. It's, like, the second quarter. And, like, at this point, I've forgotten, like, how much I hate this team. So, like, <laughs> Shake Shake hits a three. Like, we get a big stop, and Shake hits a three. And I literally went like this, like, excited. And then I go, what are you doing? <laughs> so... It's done. It's over. You guys control me on Twitter in the DMs. I've been getting them 
whatever, man. I it's mean, look, a, at the there's beginning a lot of, of problems. the year we'll on the pod, the conversation was the Sixers are the best team in the East. They're going to the finals. They're going to win the finals. To actually being swept in the first round of the playoffs. That is like a crazy drop-off. And we're going to get into all this. How are we going to fix the Sixers? Uh, but the one thing I want to leave it with is the process failed. No matter how you look at it, no matter how many injuries, what went wrong, wrong. all this, the process, the process as a whole failed. It did. You're, it's not to say wrong. that they can't salvage it and be a good team, but this core of Embiid and Simmons will never win an NBA title together. There's not a doubt in my mind. The reason, the reason you're wrong about the process, and if you go back and you read the founder of the process, Sam Hinkie, if you read his 13-page letter of resignation... <laughs> The I, I was gonna I was gonna go through it again today, but I didn't. But the bottom line is the goal of the process was to acquire as many top draft picks as possible. Mm-hmm. The eleventh pick, the third pick, the tenth pick, the third pick, two first overalls, a ten, a twenty four. What a year did this begin? Two thousand twelve? It, it was when the Drew Holiday when Drew Holiday remember we were watching yeah, we were at yeah. camp together. So it was it when Drew Holiday got traded. 2012-2013. The goal was to acquire as many draft picks as possible. How do you do that? You suck. Mm-hmm. Check. <laughs> the next goal was to acquire as much cap space as possible, two max spaces. Right. You did that. Adam Silver impeded on the process by f- making Sam Hinkie because what we were doing, the Sixers changed the landscape of the league. We changed how the lottery worked mm-hmm. because it was so blatant what we were trying to do, and it didn't look good for the league that you right. had teams intentionally trying to lose. Mm-hmm. But the overall goal was to acquire as many draft picks as possible, Acquire as much cap space as possible, and then do what you will. When Sam Hinkie got kicked out of Philadelphia, hopefully maybe he comes back, but <laughs> people came in. I mean, the ownership's a problem, the front office, but they just messed up with some of those decisions. But let's just look at it like this. However you feel Joel and Ben fit, that's up to you. Obviously, there's a lot of people who don't think they can win a championship together, who don't think they can maximize both their potentials while playing together. The Sixers have two generational talents, both below the age of 25. No, no, they don't. They don't? They They have two two all-stars, generational talent. They do not. Those two players are actually the opposite of generational talents. It's funny that you say that. They are unbelievable players, but in the generation we play in, they're actually two of the worst players for this generation, which is ironic. But that's. would you consider Giannis a generational talent? Yes, because he is the first seven-foot-three player who moves like that. Oh, I didn't know he was seven-foot-three. He's seven-eight. Yeah, he, he, he grew a foot over the last <laughs> yeah, week. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. If Ben Simmons was surrounded with four shooters, do you think he could be that generational talent? He'd, he would be a better Draymond Green, but Draymond Green's not oh, the generational goodness. talent. Oh, my but goodness. It's true. Like, it is. Like, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, both, you have to build teams around them. You don't build around them. And that's the key. I disagree. To build around Ben Simmons, you would have to put a very specific construct roster. To build around Joel Embiid, same thing. To build around Kawhi, to build around LeBron. Like, all those guys, you can plop them in on any team, and that team instantaneously becomes 10, 15, 20 games better. I think... I think- that the way the Sixers have built around them, which has been the incorrect way. Right. How have, how have we used these picks? In the draft, instead of going off for what could help Ben and Joel, and that's guards who make mm. can create their own offense, 
You go guys that are more of a 3 and D type wing, the Timothy Luau Cabarros, the Matisse Thibels, rather than the Shea Gilgis Alexanders or the DeJounte Murrays of the world. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I said, we have We're going to talk a- about how to fix, but I need you to explain how you don't think the process failed. If you're just saying the process was to, to acquire as many draft picks and sign two max players, sure. But let's be real. Like, Joel Embiid's been preaching. He tried filing for a trademark. Like, Trust the process was to win a title, go deep in the playoffs, and they didn't even make a conference finals. Why are we acting like Ben and Joel are retiring tomorrow? Because they are. They are. We have officially <laughs> retired. Not- All right, to my team we go. To my team we go, because we're going to talk about fixing the whole Sixers later. Mm-hmm. Earl Thomas, I mean, just a whirlwind of 48 hours, and I feel like the NFL, who was trying to say under the radar, like, this is a, a big story, and it's even kind of being minimized. Like, this is probably a bigger story than it's even being talked about. Earl Thomas obviously had crazy situation with his brother and wife during the offseason. And then, within the span of 48 hours, he goes from team captain, Pro Bowl safety, to no longer being on the roster. To unemployed. To unemployed. So, and then the initial report was, like, they're going to try to trade him, and then they'll release him if they can't, and then they just cut him, like... The Ravens have no interest in this man on their team. From an outside perspective, I'm going to assume you know a little less just because, you know, I I know that I know that I want to hear what you think. And what? yeah, so I haven't I didn't. So this happened yesterday, right? The whole like play thing that happened. The play happened like what's what's interesting to me. What's interesting to me. I don't understand why the Ravens made such a brash, like quick decision on a player. I mean, obviously his production on the field, like pro football focus. We talked about this. You would never. He's an all. He's a Hall of Famer right right now, but yeah. he he hasn't been playing like that. Um, but it was interesting to me because I saw his comment on Instagram. He acknowledged that. It. Did he? Yeah. He he acknowledged in that comment that it was his busted coverage right. and that he was in the wrong and his aggression got the worst of him. And usually, like these NFL players, they never really like take responsibility for their actions. Earl Thomas Never. went right away, went right away, acknowledged that he was in the wrong on the play. He let his anger get, and it's time to move forward, and he felt bad he couldn't be out there getting reps for his teammates. Obviously, he had the thing with his brother, which I don't think we should be knocking him for that. That's pretty <laughs> fucking dope. Um, and then and then now this. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it looks good on the Ravens to keep a good culture, I guess you could say, but... I think that a lot of other decisions around the league have been way have been taken at much more time over way more severe situations than what we're looking at. Teammates bump heads in practice all the time. That's part of being a competitor. Yeah. So after the Instagram post yesterday, I was like, oh, this is such a minimal thing. Like this isn't a big deal. So what I know from my understanding is multiple things, and it will explain why Earl Thomas is no longer on the team. Number one, he threw a punch at Earl at Chuck Clark. So in the video he posts on Let me the stop Instagram, you there. Let me stop you there. Yeah. I, these NFL players, man, I'm assuming he punched him with Chuck Clark's helmet on. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So the like, video, I, don't, I don't get that. They always do that. They always punch with, like, dude, I that's know. not never going to hurt them. The video that... Earl actually posted was Chuck Clark throwing his helmet. So that's what was confusing. It looked like it was Earl Thomas who was upset at Clark and maybe that was the no, it was Chuck Clark pissed at Earl about things that had clearly happened over the past week. Earl had punched him at some point. And then as you know, and that video is kept internally with the Ravens and the NFL. And as Can we you, get that uh who's that who's the Ravens social we had him on? Yeah, Garrett. 
Let's I don't, get him back. He's I got don't the think tape. he's going to post that video. Uh, but then it all came out. Like they, the, the Ravens have this leadership group within the locker room who, if there's issues, they go to them. And the leaders were like the ones who were saying, this guy has been terrible since early last season. So this has clearly been a thing that's been festering for 18 months. The off the field issue probably is a lot. This is one of those things where like, you're probably not done hearing about this and it's been a bigger problem without like, you don't have to be best friends. You don't have to be, you don't really have to like each other. You just got to be good teammates. And for the Ravens to move that quickly on a player like this, I mean, they just a pro bowl safety, like from last year who were taking a major cap hit. We didn't even want to try to trade him. We didn't even try to cover, cover it up publicly so we could trade him. Like, this was a he needs to be gone tomorrow type of thing. And I'm fine with it because what I told you before we started recording was Earl Thomas, Pro Bowl. You don't even know he makes an impact on the play. He actually stands like 40 yards down the field. Now, for me to say I watch Earl Thomas every snap and I know his leadership from the safety position, it's tough. And we're going to be replacing him with the guy who's been injured and is very young in Deshaun Elliott. We might look at bringing in people. I don't really know. And this crushes like we would have had the best secondary in the league without a doubt. We have two Pro Bowl corners, we have Pro Bowl safety. We get one of the best slot corners in the league back, Clayus Campbell. I mean, the defense is crazy, secondary especially. And now, like that's a big gap, and we lost Yonda on the offensive line. So I do expect us like those are two major losses. But as far as like Earl Thomas, it I trust the organization when it comes to this. Like, the so, culture, the team, it, it's so much more so, important. So just to get it on record, we don't think the Ravens should blow it up? <sighs> I think even though Lamar hasn't won a playoff game, we should keep him on the squad. Keep him on the squad. All right, so you don't want to blow up. The last time I saw Earl Thomas play a snap of football, he was blocking for Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that was the last time I saw yeah. him play. And now, how are the Ravens? The, the Ravens and the Cowboys, two teams I hate more than anything in the NFL, my top two teams. The Ravens are gift-wrapping, a like you said, an all-pro safety. Whether or not he's been productive on the field is a different story, but they're gifting a all-pro safety, and all indications are looking towards that Dallas know, is going he's to sign him. He's a cancer to the locker room. Like, and in Dallas, where there's— he, no, but he wasn't a cancer 72 hours ago, right? He not at least that I was aware of, but look, if the, if the like you said, to move on that quickly, you know, it's way bigger than it's being told already. Like, and in a locker room like Dallas, where the quarterback hates the owner, everyone hates the owner, Zeke hates everyone, uh, they're gonna give up a million points. And I don't know, it might be best for all Thomas to go to Dallas their, for you and ruin them at their weakest position, though. I think it only helps Dallas. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would sign off on the Eagles signing Earl Thomas right now. <laughs> Absolutely right now. Right now. Yeah. We, we, we're known to give second chances. I mean, right. we, we threw a jersey on Vic in a prison cell. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But, I mean, this, like, kind of happened all really fast, and it seems like the Ravens made a quick decision. Like, this was just he's been skating on thin ice for a while. Yeah. Like, I don't know why the guy gets knocked for the whole thing with his brother. That's like all a right, dream come true. Talk to me about the corona test, and then we'll go back to the NBA. Oh, my God. So, it came out today that – pretty much every team in the NFL that uses this one lab in New Jersey. This is just another reason why we should just cut off New Jersey from the New Jersey and Florida. Don't You're from it. New Jersey. You live in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm trying to get away from this country. <laughs> I'm trying to get away from this country. Um, Yeah, so a bunch of teams have been using this one lab for corona tests in New Jersey. 
And it seems like out of nowhere, just it originally said they were positive tests coming. It started with the Bears, probably Trubisky. Um, let's just call it what it is. And then it came out that there are a bunch of false positives and teams are popping up all over the place. It's like the Bears, the Vikings, the Jets, um, three teams we don't really need anyway. Uh, but like what I don't get about it is, first off, if it's false positives, cool. That That's way better than it being positive positives. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. when I first saw this, I was like, ah, oh, shit, here we go. This is the beginning yeah. of the end. But mm-hmm. false positives, it gives you, it's like, whatever. But whatever, what I'm thinking where is the NFL getting these Corona tests from? Like they're literally buying them from Dollar Tree. Like I, I literally don't get it. How you can have so many, how you can have a billion dollar industry and, and company in the NFL and you're buying just these shitty Corona tests. Like it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's the lab and that's the, the New Jersey thing. But I mean, sounds like if, it's the lab and they just had a little issue. I don't get why do you have an issue. I don't you know? know. I don't, I See, don't know them. You're the doctor on the podcast. That's what I'm saying. So, Dr. Gradoff reporting for duty. <laughs> Everyone, relax. We should be fine since there are a bunch of false positives. But I'll keep track of the situation, talk to my colleagues, and get back to you. All right. Perfect. We appreciate it. Speaking of COVID and the pandemic, pandemic P. Um, what the hell is good with Paul George, bro? I don't know, but a power move by him coming out after game two and wrapping up his shoulder in the post yeah he pulled that straight from braun that was amazing hey pretty much tore his labrum probably yeah um but uh, it's paul george like everyone's talking about how like he's not a playoff player blah blah. he's not he's he's literally not he's still paul george man you you think the clippers are in trouble i i've said from day one i think that's the biggest question mark or the only way they don't win the title is if paul george Plays like he's not forget, a second forget, superstar. Forget pandemic P. Let's talk about how playoff Kawhi is fully here. Yeah, he's, here. he's good. I was thinking about it the other like night. Like he just he just flips a switch. And well, it's he doesn't just... flip a switch. He's just that good. You just don't watch many Clippers games. I mean, no, neither, no, but like but I'm saying, like, no, to the point like where he's... he looks like to the point where he looks like I'm going to dominate and take over this game. He doesn't do that in the regular season. He doesn't need. He to. doesn't. There's too many of them. Exactly. And whatever he lets pandemic p get after it but you can notice and what's scary about Kawhi as he's going to become you know a third champion with a third team and a third finals mvp you is, you pick the bucks over the clippers is that he continues to get better each year and this might have been his biggest jump his handles are much better his passing dude uh before this season and before this season with the raptors he had, he still never in his career had a triple double. He's never had ten assists in a single basketball. Dude, his, he had his career high assist last year, like eight in the playoffs. Exactly. I remember. And his passing has improved so much with his handle. And the one thing that to me, I know he can turn it on, but I I want to see the defense. I want to see him for forty minutes, like score thirty five, and then shut down the other player and really peak. But what I was thinking about was, I'm not. I still think Giannis is the best player in the league, but. If I wanted 25 points exactly, like not, I don't need 40, 45, no 50. No if doubt. I, if you said pick one person on earth to give you 25 points, I would pick Kawhi Leonard. Like Harden is a better scorer and Dame can score 40 on any night, but Kawhi Leonard will deliver me 25 points every single night. And now Kawhi in the Leonard, playoffs, he does it at the 30 mark. 
Kawhi Leonard can get any shot he wants whenever he wants. I really want to have a nerd, a sports nerd, one of the analytic guys on this podcast, just so they can vent about how much they hate Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Because Kawhi Leonard is taking these elbow jump shots, these baseline twos, but he just, that's his shot. Mm -hmm. He's literally, I guess, let's call it what it is, the closest thing to Michael Jordan mid-range-wise that we have. He is automatic from the mid-range, and it's not even that that's most impressive to me. It's the footwork and how he does it. And I've been on record saying I think Kawhi Leonard's the second-best player on earth behind yeah. LeBron, behind LeBron, and we saw that last night. Um, All right, let's talk yeah. about that right now because I know you got distracted by your statement on Kawhi and you're already on Bron's head. So I didn't get to watch much of the game, saw the box score, 17 free-throw attempts. You know, when Harden gets 38 on 17 free throw attempts, everyone's crying. When Braun does it, it's because he's the best player in the world. Um, So you didn't get a good chance to watch the game either? I I caught the end of it. Um, Just LeBron being LeBron. Welcome to the bubble, my guy. Um, Seems like his... He he sent someone there that looked like him. Uh But now he's finally showed up. Um, You know who's been pretty quiet is the... uh, the Blazers might steal this one crowd. They've been right. pretty quiet these past few days. Right. Like you win one game because the Lakers shoot 15% from three. You win it close. And all of a sudden, like no shit. They weren't beating them. I, I mean, oh, I, I wish I had tripled down on that take after the first game. But what I said about Brown was I want to make sure Brown can do this two more times or Three times in a series. We know he can do it once. Uh, AD, terrible in the first half, came alive in the second half. Those two are going to have to carry them. They really you look are. At, you look at 2018 playoff Braun, where he was doing what he did last night, but actually at a better rate, like 42, 14, yeah. and 9. Uh-huh. You look at that, and like you're saying like you, you want to see him do that a few times, like yeah. back to back to back. He doesn't need to in this series. I don't think he needs to ever. You know what I mean? He, he, he would have to in the Western Commerce Finals because – AD, even if AD gets you 30 like he did last night, it took 38 from LeBron to really push you ahead. So but, uh, when again, you face a good team like the Clippers, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to give you three superstar games. I don't can't win see, with that. Okay, that. okay, but but is a superstar game to you 23, 11, no, and nine? No. Because 30 points, the, 30 that points. 20, he's gonna have that, to score 33 times. That 23, 11, and nine, in my opinion, depending on if the the way he's doing it gets his other players his other teammates to make shots. Nine are just such like uh his assists are great, but you know the scores are quite generous with him. So like someone has to score the basketball. And my point is, if he only has twenty three, where are you getting those seven or eight other points from? Like Anthony Davis. But he's but Anthony Davis will still score thirty, and you're still gonna need those eight points when you go up against the Clippers. We'll say. We'll say. All right, last thing, then we'll take a break. Kristaps Porzingis sits out today because he's soft as ever, which leads us to a fun conversation about the Knicks getting the eighth pick. Uh, the Knicks in like wait, the past... Wait, 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 wait. The Knicks... First off, for, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, that's just not on this agenda right Yeah, now. no, oh, I, I added should, it. I know, I see Kristaps is soft. Yeah. Second off, how did you just spin that into the Knicks got the eighth pick? Well, the Knicks are always attached to Chris Stops for the rest of the time. Chris Stops is soft. Knicks get the eighth pick. For the past 40 years, the Knicks have never moved up in the lottery. 
which is like just resound. You're talking about from their like probability yeah. probable odds. Yeah. That's like impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. Four of the past six years they've moved backwards. So That's almost more impressive than going oh for a million on the people's parlay. Yeah, or one of twenty seven from three for the Rockets. Knicks get the eighth pick. I've said it before. I don't care about Lamelo. I don't care about whatever. This is to be expected. Lamelo's trash. No, Lamelo's trash. Lamelo's right? been trash. <laughs> and if you saw the tweet today, the Knicks feel like they are in a perfect position to acquire a star, whether in free agency or the trade during the offseason. So not knocked, knocked twice if you heard that before. <laughs> that was three times. One definitely heard, definitely heard that one before. I laughed at that, but. Yeah. I mean, you're all in. I got I got nothing besides after the game two win, hearing AD talk about the Lakers. Like, I don't, he, he says some weird shit, bro. Like, he really like does. What? The thing in Chicago, I will, like, I pointed this oh, out. Oh, about him leaving. What did he say the other night? The other night, I'm watching the post-game broadcast, and obviously I'm going to blow up anything he says to spin it in a fun angle. Until he's the best player on the team. But they asked him, no, not, not even about that, which he is. I mean, he clearly is. But they asked him last night, or after game two, they were like, what is different about this team? Because Braun was saying, we're built different, which was hilarious. Like, they were tying the series against the eighth seed, and he was saying, we're built different. But they asked AD, like, Braun saying that on the bench, how do you guys feel like you're built differently? And he's like, well, you know, a few years ago in New Orleans, like, if Boogie doesn't get hurt, like, that, Oh, yeah, that was mad weird. Like, like that, bro, team, like, that team had a chance, and, like, this team had a chance. And I'm like what like you're on the one seat i don't know it really freaks me out and since brown's probably retiring after these playoffs to finish up the production of space jam 2 i don't know if ad is gonna be gonna want to max out in a on a team where like minus Braun, washed king tall andre miller like remove LeBron james let's hypothetically say like he did they didn't make the playoffs this year Exactly. And you think AD wants to be like locked into that? He said he, he's from Chicago. He said this shit about Chicago. He said the Knicks were an option. Knicks feel good about acquiring stars. It's here, just a here, lot of things starting to add up. Here's a, here's how I view the situation going into whatever we'll call it fall free agency. Yeah. I th- my gut feeling is you see Anthony Davis sign a, a deal yeah. similar to what KD did in Golden State where it's the two-year max. You know what I mean? One-and-one one so, player option. I think one-and-one's a little – because you, you notice – I mean – LeBron's still going to be top player in the league in the next two years. That's that's agreed. And so I think that farther than that, Anthony Davis might not commit. But, I mean, he wanted to go to L.A. real bad. He signed with Clutch. He's in L.A., so we'll see. And, I mean, if he wins a ring this year, then there goes any hopes of him leaving. So the last thing on my mind about this topic is – I really do think and know that AD is going to have to play the five for them to win the title. Like, you can't beat the Rockets with him at the four. They will get absolutely toasted. And to play the Clippers, I kind of feel the same way. Like, you got to put them at the five and spread them out so that Bron can attack. And he hate. it's like the weirdest thing in the world that no one talks about is that he hates to play the five. No, but the other night in, when he dominated in game two... He went to Frank Vogel and said, play me at the five more. This is working. So oh, there you go. If he feels that way, then great. He'll probably end up staying. But let's be honest. He hates the five. He doesn't like he's a beta. He's a beta. That's okay. You can still be he's a, a champion. Yeah, he's, a, he's a beta. He's, he's a an beta. absolute beta. You need, a, you need a beta to win a championship. You do. But he, I don't know. 
He's weird. All right, let's take a quick break. We will be back with Monday Mailbag and a funny Would You Rather after that. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed, but that still doesn't stop everyone. You could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure. You're wrong. If you think it's no big deal, drive sober or get pulled over. So that was a script that um, NHTSA wanted me to read about driving sober, but I wanted to go off script here and say driving drunk is one of, if not the most selfish things you can do because you put other people at risk. So please don't drive drunk like Uber, Lyft. These are all very easy options. Everyone has a cell phone today, especially if you're listening to this podcast. So please just don't drive drunk. All right, fam, we are back with the podcast. We are getting into some Monday mailbag. Uh, We've kind of touched on a little bit of this stuff, but we wanted to get more specific and answer some mailbag questions. From Cohen Mass, if Houston signs Earl Thomas, do they become a Super Bowl contender, Abe? Are we like, what? (laughs) Uh, No, they're not. Trevor Stahl's sleeper team to pick up Earl Thomas. I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like every everyone's like, oh, Pro Bowl safety on the market. Let's sign him. I don't know who the sleeper team is. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Tampa. Oh, that would be interesting. Tampa. Um, all right. Next question is Paul Nunno. This question can go to you, Abe, or both of you. What should the Sixers do now since they have been eliminated in the playoffs? I don't think who, – who asked that question? <laughs> Paul. I don't think Paul wrote that before we got eliminated. I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> he, did. Um, he did. Where do the Sixers go? So it's it's Rose just tweeting about it. Everyone, I've wanted Brett gone for years, Brett Brown. Um, the truth is, he's going to be fired. And I'm not disagreeing with that decision. He should be fired. Um, he there's, It's an untold story about if he drove Jimmy Butler out of town, whatever. Um, but saying that Brett Brown is the only problem is naive we have an ownership group in josh harris who has such a feminine little voice little loser um who impedes on basketball operations because we don't have a bas- a president of basketball operations you got to look to the ownership they're not going to sell the team if i if i if i had my choice we would clean house because doris burke at the end of game four just now she aired it out she said you have to look at this philadelphia organization because like we said we do have good players but it's the way that they are put together. They don't fit. Al Horford was a bad decision. Tobias Harris is not playing like he was worth $180 million. He kind of was when we had Ben and Joel as a third piece, but he's not that guy that can on any given night get you instant offense. And that's what you want from a second star. And he had to be that second star in this playoff series with Boston. And he flat out wasn't. You got to fire the coach. He will be fired. I'll tell you what, I've had my thoughts about who was going to be this coach. Kenny Atkinson is one that people float around. I don't want it. He's a real hardo, it seems like, and it seems like that's why Katie and Kyrie didn't want him. And a hardo with Ben and Joel, given their personalities, just doesn't seem like it would work. Ty Lue's been floating around. No thanks. Beta. Um, you know who I'm starting to come around to? Even though I don't think he'll want it, is Jay Wright from Villanova interesting I don't I don't think he's gonna want to to leave Villanova he said it in past years like he doesn't really think he like no like the NBA and college are two different games and we rarely see coaches have success at that level look at beeline look at um 
Boylan. I mean, obviously Brad Stevens is having success, but like he's got something going on in his head. Um, <laughs> but Jay Wright did small ball with Villanova before it was cool. I see. I think he could control personalities. I don't really know who I want to hire, but I All know right, but that you're not giving us any of the good stuff. We don't care about who you're going to hire. What? Do, okay. Okay. What, what do you want to happen in Philadelphia? Because like I said, Brett Brown needs there. to be fired. Brett yes. Brown needs to be fired. Elton Brand needs to be fired. A new GM. You have to try and get rid of the Al contract. You have to. If you need to attach a first round to it, do it. No matter what. Probably Josh Richardson has the most value in the trade piece. And even though Josh Richardson's a good player, he's a scorer, not a shooter. You got to surround Ben and Joel with a bunch of shooters. Um, other than that, I, I mean, you're stuck with the Tobias deal. And I don't really think, I think if you get the right other pieces around him, that contract doesn't look as bad. It's 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 what it looks like now when out Tobias is playing out of his position. Hey, you say got it, it with me now. Say it with me now. Repeat after me. Tobias Harris is not a max player. Tobias Harris is not a max player. Tobias Harris is not a max player. So I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the groceries. I heard you. I heard you. Not you still believe he is a maximum NBA basketball player? Yes or no? Even if he's right below that threshold, a max player for one hundred eight million dollars thirty. Five years, is he a max player? What does yes. that even mean? Yes or no? You know he's not a max player. So that's fine. because If that's... he's not a max player, then neither is Draymond Green. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Deal. Okay. <laughs> uh, so here's what you got to do in Philadelphia. Fire the coach. Fire the GM. I don't know. Like, ownership doesn't seem No, to... no, no. Ownership is a mess. But but ownership's not like Jerry Jones where it's like they block every single move and they have a hand in every single thing. So ownership fine. is impeding the, the on Alan basketball. Brand move, he hired a lookalike him and Al Horford or signed him. That was bad. But what you just said doesn't fix them. Getting rid of Horford, getting a better coach, and then you're still left with Ben, Tobias, and Joel. Just less That's fire. No, it's not, because you had better pieces. So what do you do? You trade one of them, and you trade one of them because, like Abe said, they're too. I thought excellent. you hate. I, wait, wait, wait. I thought you. I thought you hate the media. I do. You sound a lot like them, right? No, now. I watch basketball games, and I can see that as much as you hope. It's just that ben weird because Simmons you comes back with a jump you sound, shot. You sound a lot like he's uh, not the media. going to come back with a jump shot. So him and Joel don't work. They don't work in today's NBA. And this is the thing. I'm not even talking about changes to the team. And you blame the coach, you blame the GM, you blame the ownership. The pieces don't fit. I understand that. There has to be blame on the players. Joel Embiid came back. He looks fat as hell. He can't make it up and down the court. Ben Simmons. Dominant in the ball. He was dominant in like a not great way. Like he he didn't didn't impact the game. I watched all the Sixers game, unfortunately, because we had a wager on all of them, which was painful. But Ben Simmons hurt. Joel's been hurt. Tobias, complete underperformer. Al Horford, a joke. Richardson came on in the series. He was terrible all year, and he was hurt. Tybalt faded in the playoffs. Burks was nowhere to be found. Like, there has Burks to... Burks fire. Huh? Burks in the was playoffs? Like the only... Burks was like the only line he, he put up 19. What? 12 points per game in the series? Like, I mean, that's that's what do you want out of, a, out of a, okay. an eighth man? Okay. All right, you know what? We won't blame Alec Burks. We'll blame the rest of them. The point is, all the blame seems to be on Coach GM ownership, but there's never... I'm sorry. Ben, 
Joel and Tobias or Ben Joel, Tobias, Jimmy, they never played together. And why was that? There wasn't coaching. That was these players can't stay healthy and on the court. There has to be blame to the players. And then when they are playing, they can't be terrible. Tobias Harris, like averaging 17 in a series and then six rebounds and two assists is embarrassing. Joel was, he was dominant. But he, like you said, he's the best player on the floor, right? That was what you said pre-series, so I want to bring this up. He still is. Jason Tatum, if you were drafting for that series, you pick Jason Tatum number one. Because nope. the way the game is played today, Jason nope. Tatum was by far more impactful to that series than Joel Embiid was. And it actually wasn't even relatively close. The Sixers fans need to acknowledge that Ben Simmons and Embiid are excellent basketball players, but not for today's game, which means nope. you have to take it with a special set of eyes. And you guys are too naive and too stubborn to understand that. But you nope. do not play with players, a point guard who can't shoot, and a center who's a back-to-the-basket center. Because he can get you two on 65% from back-to-the-basket, but I'll take three at 40% from three. Every keep time. that energy. Keep that energy. I will. I will obviously keep that. Energy. Oh, don't get me wrong. We are so from fucked. the playoffs. Yeah, we are yeah. so fucked. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with Ben and Joel and how they fit together. <sighs> That's just—it's naive, but it is what it is. I know you it's guys. All right. are gonna... you, you, it's all right. You you pick and choose when you like the media. That's okay. Nope. That's my own take. Uh, all right. Rose's next number? question. Did you text Jalen from Rose Ben this? Lopez. Should Montrez be penalized for what he said to Luca? So Montrez called Luca a bitch ass white boy after he made a layup on him. So I saw a whole big thing online about how Luca, if he said the reverse, that he would obviously be suspended and stuff like that. Look, I I don't think we even really want to talk about this, but just just leave out the white boy, and it's probably. Like, you don't need to say that. Obviously, Luca doesn't need to get even. No one needs to, like, this is a dumb conversation. But, like, you want to you be progressive in 2020. Just don't put a color on anyone. And then if you want to call him a bitch-ass boy, that's fine. I don't care about that. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think. It's just unnecessary. I didn't even want to talk about this. But just so you don't have a double standard, maybe sure you throw Montrez a fine. But, it's Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. Trey Fugate says, "Who is your pick for the World Series?" So, like, the Dodgers don't lose. I was looking through the standings; they don't nope. lose. Nope. Okay, so I think, and the Yankees are doing their normal thing, which the is Yankees good, have fallen off big time. Which, which is like everyone gets hurt. The Sixers and the Yankees trainers—they're different people. Been seeing the same room together ever, or no? Dude, actually, it's so funny you say that because if you, I don't, I, so apparently all jobs through the NBA go to this one site, yeah. but like there was, there were tweets Team the other day. You stop, yeah, that's exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. Um, But so two job openings popped up for the Sixers. It was the director of like medical personnel, like uh-huh. the head team doctor, which, right. duh. Normally, guy, you, normally someone you find called, that guy off an online job search. Someone, yeah, I was like, dude, where, where? Josh Harris has access to the to the top doctors in the entire world, and we have to use fucking Indeed. Like, come on. So, someone tweeted that and said, "Oh, so it looks like the guy who said Ben was day to day got fired." And then the next one was the next job opening was um, 
um, mental health performer or whatever. It's like, oh, it looks like the guy that convinced us Ben was going to shoot got fired too. <laughs> and they're posting this one on Indeed. COVID, and, COVID will end when Ben Simmons is a three-point shooter. Uh, so you're going with the the Dodgers as well. I want to I want to I want to pick the Padres just the because they're so fun and dude, you know, did you see Tatis swung at a three zero up nine runs yesterday? Did he, he really? Li- he he lined out, but he swung at a three zero pitch in like the eighth down up nine what runs. A legend. Uh, but the Dodger the Dodgers are the safest pick out of the out of the NL and and I mean Oakland's looking really good right now out of out of the AL. The Twins just hit so many bombs. So, so many and so in our, many bombs. MLB preview. I literally was like. Look, like there's regression, and I get that this team still has power hitters. They don't stop hitting home runs. Nelson Cruz, he's been off the Orioles for like six years, and when they released him, it's only been like three years, but yeah, when so they I released think- him, they were like, it's because they're, you know, he's old, this isn't going to continue. And we signed Chris Davis to like the biggest contract in Oriole history. So how'd that go? Well, it's just, I mean, the Orioles are going to be in the playoffs, which is crazy. And I mean, in Castellanos, it's a, it's a line ball to deep, deep left field. It's going to be a home run. My, uh, my world series. Did you see that, bro? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Minnesota and the Dodgers for right. a world series that probably no one will watch. No one will watch before we do. Would you rather show? Shout out to Bayern. They just beat PSG 1-0 in the Champions League final. Uh, would you rather? Would you rather be sticky, always sticky for the rest of your life, or always itchy for the rest of your life? Great question here. And it's a zero hesitation, 1,000%. Answer is sticky. And I'll tell you why. First time in my life last night, I had an allergic reaction. I don't know really? what to. I don't know how it happened. Here's the sequences of events. I move out of my apartment uh, from whatever, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Go back, shower. Miserable, miserable day, by the way. Just moving it was, out. It wasn't any, that bad. Whenever you have to move out and move in somewhere, it's just, just the worst day ever. You just know it's a full ever. day of, of sweat, grime, dirt, and dust. Like, if you mentally, and it costs you a lot to do the moving, which is annoying. So I go back to Hallie's. I showered her apartment. My face, I think. Hallie's or your your boy that showers a lot. (laughs) Yeah, probably my boys. We all use the same shower. Um, I, whatever. I think my face was a little red, but then we go to dinner. We drink, we eat dinner. And then we walk from the West Village to the East Village. And I'm like can barely breathe panting and max also yesterday yesterday was just ridiculously hot i uh, played 18 i played 18 this was at night so it wasn't that bad and hallie and max are like what's wrong with this kid like why is he being so soft like we drank a lot of dinner and i was like exhausted a, a large what'd you italian, drink just wine just wine wow, so large italian wrong. meal which is heavy like imagine eating pizza pasta chocolate mousse and then a bottle of wine and then having to walk 30 minutes it's it's a lot on the body So we assumed five minutes away from getting to the apartment, my friend's apartment, my hands and head just, I cannot stop itching them. Like this? Oh, it is the itchiest thing in the world. I get there, I splash water on my face and I'm like, I just don't feel right. And Hallie's like, yeah, your lips, like she's obviously allergic to everything. So she, she can spot an allergy a mile away. So we got some Benadryl and I was fine this morning, but still don't know what it was from. She does have some cockroaches in her drains. And apparently water that runs through cockroaches can give you reactions. We're going to stay on that case. Long-winded answer to I would 1 million percent rather itchy, constantly itchy. I don't know if there's a worse thing in the entire Yeah, no, like I'm just itching my ear right now yeah. while you're it's just like, this sucks. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it wasn't as much of a no hesitation for me because if you think about being sticky, like, it's just like, if you, like, sometimes when you're, like, opening up boxes and, and something, you get, like, the tape on you, whatever, yeah. and then after it's, like, to the table, it's just, yeah. like, so, so frustrating. Then you got to think about, like, I, I thought about everything. Like, you go to a restaurant, the checks that you get are so thin, and you're signing them, and then you pick it up, and, like, and if both of your hands are sticky, like, how do you get it off one hand and the other? It's, like, pushing your head into it. It would definitely be a thing. But being itchy is definitely the worst. I mean, Eagleson, we're not going to let you talk, but I think it's a no-brainer for you just because aren't Canadians all sticky from yeah. syrup syrup they and shit? maple syrup. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's definitely – that's a tough one. Both would definitely be an inconvenience. I mean – you can't shoot hoops if you're if you're sticky. You know what I mean? No, but you would be a really good receiver. Well, dude, let's not even get it started. <laughs> these guys, the gloves that they use, I would love to see how good these receivers Some are with no gloves. Some receivers don't wear gloves, and knowing how good the technology is, I Why think would they, you? they should get fined. Like you should Why get w- fined if you don't use the gloves. You're a bad coach if you let your receivers not wear gloves because they are that sticky. To the point where I would really be interested in, I'll say it. I think you're overselling. I'll say it. You're overselling it a little. Well, if you think I'm overselling a little, just wait. Yeah. I'll say it. I would love to go for a jug machine with a receiver with no gloves. Say it. Oh my god. Me versus them. People who listen to this podcast. And you know, like, no, you know no, how no, no, most no. people in sports or who let me do change podcasts, that. Let me change that. Let me like, change played that. Played professionally, played college, like. A lot of people probably like they're new listening. They're like, I wonder if this guy like did anything. Like, you yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. play. Go you didn't it. play any level. What's the highest level of athletics you played? Freshman, uh, sophomore, sophomore in high baseball mm-hmm. in high school. Got it. But Abe could beat every person in the world in a in sport something. and in could something. and could beat a what tie or be as good as a what Nelson Aguilar. <sighs> you got me there. There you go. You got me there. I was gonna say I'm not I'm not naive enough to pick up Michael Thomas. <laughs> but enough right, Aguilar, fam. give me the, a chance on the jugs. Congratulations. Abe asked for in the beginning, but no, it is a congratulations to the fam. We made it through a whole NBA season of listening to Abe tell us how the Sixers are gonna win the title. That has all come to an end. The Sixers are done. Boston sweeps the series. But don't worry. Have no worries. We are 18 days away from week one and probably two weeks away from our NFL preview, which will begin the Eagles winning the Super Bowl talk. So you have two weeks mental headspace. Get relaxed. Go on vacation. Listen to the pod and just enjoy two weeks of Philadelphia silence. Abe, any last words? I mean, Bryce has been playing really well. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I'm going to say. But let's send that. Okay, yeah, that's that's true. That's Oh, wait, the Flyers are in the second round of the playoffs. Thank you, Eagleson. Because it's the cup. I don't think I care about that. But all right, let's just not, let's not act like you're not going to pick the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but we went fourteen two last year. Like we're really who gives good. a shit. So you're you due for regression. Games. So you're so you're due for regression. Correct. And if we regressed to eleven and five, still could win the division. Yeah, and you just got to get in. And Let's go, Cowboys. All right, fam. I mean, we will I, see I'm, you. A hockey, I'm a hockey fan. We'll see you on Thursday. Peace.